With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. It's Wednesday, July 10th, and we're doing a bonus uh, show on drive through HR this week. Our guest is Kim Addis from Toronto, Canada, who I will introduce in a minute. Uh, this is Michael Vandervoort, and today is, as I said, July 10th, and the show is going to be about all things coaching with Kim. But before we get to the, to the actual show, I just want to do a quick uh, Quick promo for our host, Q Inc., uh, C-U-E-I-N-C, and we are an organization that helps employers build and maintain positive employee relations in the workplace. We have a conference coming up in Las Vegas in uh, mid-October, October 13th to the 15th, and if you're interested in finding out more about the organization or the conference, go to our website, C-U-E-I-N-C.com, QInc.com, and you'll find information there. So thanks to Q for being our sponsor. Um, I'd like to welcome Kim Addis to the show. Kim, thanks for being on Drive Through HR. How are you today? Um, amazing and super happy to be here. Great. Glad to have you here. We had a couple of... Uh, couple of glitches and getting you scheduled, which I own, and we'll talk about that in a, a little bit later. Um, <laughs> but before before we go kind of into some of the questions, why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself to our listeners, Kim, tell them who you are, what you do, and where, where they can find you. So I own an executive coaching company. I live in Toronto, but we coach people all over the, the English-speaking part of the world, so Canada, U.S., uh, England, South Africa, you name it. And really what we do is we coach leaders. So we coach leaders from high potential leaders all the way up to executives. And what we're really interested in is looking at how leaders think and how their thinking leads to the results that they are getting and their team is getting. So that's our focus. That's what we're kind of obsessed about. And that's what we do. And we've been doing it for 15 years. Okay, so you, you've been in you've been in it for a while. Um, I, I've I've had a, a few guests on in the past in the past and, and talked about coaching. Um, and I, as I told you in the in the pre-show, um, I've never worked with a coach, so that's something we're going to talk about in a little bit. But um, for those who like me aren't aren't that you know that deeply immersed into the coaching part of um, leadership development, can you kind of tell us what a coach is and what you do? in general? So I, I will tell you, there are lots of different coaches, just like there are lots of different diets in the world. I don't know. Uh, uh, there, there are so many different approaches, so many different philosophies. I will explain to you what we do though. So okay. what we do is what we're interested in is helping a leader achieve his or her goals or desires by lining up their thinking, their, their mental strategy with their goals. So let me back up a bit. What we find often is that people say they want X, 
but they don't behave in ways that will allow them to achieve X. In fact, they often behave in ways that prevent them from achieving what they want to achieve. And they're not even aware of it. They're not conscious of it. And so usually in the coaching world, not the frame of mind coaching world, not my coaching world, usually in the coaching world, so if you ask me a question, what does a coach do? Typically what a coach does is that they help a person behave in ways that allow them to reach their goals. So they create a business plan or a plan of sorts. They break that plan into manageable components. And then essentially they hold the client, the coaching client, accountable to those actions. That is not what I do. That's not what we do. The reason is this, is because the philosophy is you are intelligent, you are capable, you can create a plan. But the question is, why aren't you working the plan? Why aren't you doing the things you know you're supposed to be doing in order to reach your goals? There's something else at play. There's something else getting in the way. There's something else stopping you from taking the action you know you need to take in order to reach your goals. The question is, what is going on? What is stopping you? And typically that has to do with the way you think, your beliefs, your perspectives, and your experiences. Those tend to play havoc with your ability to stay focused and reach your goals. So that's where we come into the picture. And we say, rather than allowing you to just take current behaviors to reach your this one goal we want to help you reach all your goals and we want to help you think in ways that allow you to reach your goals easily so we want to eliminate all those barriers that are getting in your way so how do we do that number one is we need to help you become aware of what's getting in your way and then when you see it and you say hey like that's not really working for me that's slowing me down And we are able to then remove it from the equation. Not only are you able to reach this goal, you're able to reach that goal and that goal and that goal and that goal. So what we're teaching you to do is think in ways that allow you to easily get to where you want to go. Okay. Um, I noticed in your bio that you described your coaching style as quirky, uh, (laughs) which, which I thought was interesting. Um, it also raised a secondary question I'll ask in a second, but what, what, is, what is your, what is a quirky coaching style? How, how do you define that for yourself? I'll give you an example. First of all, I'll use a lot of um, out there analogies. I am very, very direct. Uh, a lot of people think that coaches, the, the role of a coach is to allow the client to come to their own conclusions. My belief is that the role of a coach is to help a client see quickly and to get to where they need to go quickly. And sometimes that means, you know, just, just saying what's right in front of us. And so, you know, all of that leads to a lot of quirk, a lot of humor, a lot of transparency that doesn't often exist. Usually you think about coaching as this is a call or a, a conversation that's only about you. But if I make it only about you, the relationship is a little bit skewed. It's uncomfortable. So for me, I bring my whole self to the coaching experience. So if we're talking about something and I have something in my experience that could help you move forward, I bring it in. So like everything, I'll give you a perfect example of quirk. You know, one day uh, I had a client who was talking about, you know, how it's hard for her to reach her goals. And when we dug in a little further, she discovered that like 
she sees herself as being, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of, she had a perception that she was a lot less than what she was. And when we dug in a little further, it turned out that when she was a kid, her grandfather called her a fat seal. And she's not fat at all. And so I said to her, hey, if I called you a zucchini, would that make you a zucchini? I saw right? the, I didn't watch the video, but I saw I saw that, that you have a video with that title. Right, called The Zucchini Principle. Yeah. And, and from that conversation was born The Zucchini Principle, which we use with all our clients, to say that just because someone else perceives you to be a certain way doesn't make you a certain way. And those are tricks of the brain, right? Those are... Those are traps we fall into that says somebody else's judgment matters more than our own. Okay. Interesting. Um, and it, it, it actually makes sense to me because uh, it, it, you know, we, many of us are our, our own worst enemy, right? We second guess ourselves in private and all that kind of stuff. Uh, 100%. So, so, I, had, so I, I had a, I had a supervisor years ago. Um, and I haven't talked to the guy in probably 20 years, uh, but, but, you know, through the, the miracle of things like LinkedIn, I don't know if it's really a miracle, but, you know, you sort of have a vicarious view into where people are at and what they're doing, even if you're not in uh, direct contact with them. And, and this particular individual, when I worked for him, he was a pretty tough, pretty tough supervisor, not necessarily the most pleasant guy to work for, um, but I, I noticed in the last couple of years, he's become a, a coach. And, and I guess if I had to describe his coaching style, as I imagine it would be from working for him, you know, 20 plus years ago, he's probably like, you know, the, the gruff football coach or the gruff baseball coach, right? He's, he's, he's going to be tough. He's going to be critical. He's going to push you hard. Um, it, you know, it, and, and the other thing that he was always big on was being certified in many different kinds of uh, professions or, you know, professional certifications, and he's certified in coaching. So I had two, I had two questions, I guess two questions. Uh, I, I know there are coaches with all philosophies all over the universe, but what, what, you know, your, yours is quirky. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I told you what I imagine is would be, um, how, if you're looking for a coach, I guess the first question is this, if you're looking for a coach, how do you figure out that there's a good match. And then the second part of that, or just ancillary question is, is cer the certification or that kind of stuff matter more, or is it more? Uh, okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're asking me great questions and I'm excited to answer them. So question number one, how do you know if it's a, if there's a coach for you? So whoever's listening, grab a piece of paper. I'm going to give you criteria for you to evaluate whether or not this is a good coach. How's that? So okay. question number one, what kind of coach is this? Is it a mindset coach? Is it an executive coach? Is it a dieting coach? And does their coaching um, focus match with your needs? So that's number one. Number two, do they have a process? So are they just meeting you on a phone once a week? Or is there a process that they are following that is tried and true? Number three, do they have a track record? What is their reputation like? What do their clients have to say? What are the results they've generated with and for their clients? So look up their reputation. Number four, do you have chemistry? Are they listening well? Are they asking the right questions? Are they hitting the, the, the important pain points that you've been struggling with for years and years and years? And finally, someone is able to see you clearly. And number five, or I don't know what number I'm on, but 
Yep, five. Uh, how do they learn about you? How do they collect data? So very often coaches, maybe they, you know, run you through an assessment, but that's only a, a data set at one point in time. So how do they collect data about you over time? How do they learn about you? Is it just through a meeting or a phone call or a Skype call, or is there more? I find that a lot of coaches do not have enough data to work with when they are working with their clients. And so they don't actually know their clients well enough to provide really powerful, effective, and efficient coaching. So those are some uh, areas that I would look into if I were looking for a coach. Great. And those, are, those, are, those sound like great, great, great I'll, tips. I'll throw one more in. I'll throw one more in. So okay. philosophically, are we aligned? Right? So, so you know, like it needs to resonate. If it doesn't resonate, it's not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And then the, the other question was around just around certification. Does it matter? Yeah. So I have seen many, 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 many certified coaches who weren't so great. Let me just continue. I am personally not certified as an ICF coach. However, I certify coaches. Okay. <laughs> Pretty crazy, right? So right. we have a certification process that we have created. It's been in place for years and years called the Frame of Mind Coaching Certification Process, where we teach people our approach, our philosophy, our process for coaching. So is it critical that a coach has certification? No, but I will say this. There is a very small percentage of the coaching population that is incredible, and you need to find that population. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. And then one last question on that, and I know I've diverged way away from what we talked about in the pre-show, but that this is good stuff, I think. So, so if you're looking for a coach, Beyond beyond the tips, like where where are places to to get started? You know, LinkedIn and just put in coaching, or is there a better approach? Uh, well, certainly you uh, again. The more specific you are, the better. So if you're looking for executive coaching, do that. And executive coaching typically allows you to be more strategic professionally and personally. So they're working with you and your career and your performance and your role as a leader. And they're also working with you on a personal level. And so you just have to decide what kind of coach you're looking for and be as specific as possible. You can Google it. LinkedIn is good because you know, they're going to be kind of a higher echelon typically who are hanging out in Google, uh, sorry, in LinkedIn. And mm -hmm. uh, my highest recommendation is get a referral. Yeah, that, that word of mouth certainly makes, and doing some crowdsourcing for people that have right. worked with coaches makes sense to me as well. Okay, great. Um, so that used up almost 15 minutes of the show. Um, <laughs> let, me do just, let me just do a quick reset. Uh, this is Michael. Uh, it's July 10th. We're doing a bonus show this week. Our guest is Kim Addis. Uh, she's with uh, Frame of Mind Coaching, uh, has been a coach for 15 years, and we're talking about Basically, the show title was All Things Coaching. I doubt we'll cover everything there is to talk about, but we're going to hit a few hot spots. So, so Kim, the, the next thing, um, and I guess I'll just do, try to do this in one, one question, is like, like all organizations, doesn't matter what size they are, provide some kind of training to employees, even if it's just push this button. Um, 
and, and there's, but there's a huge investment overall in the business community and training every year. Um, and training is good training is, is not the end all and be all though. But one of the things that you, um, I think had some thoughts on is why training doesn't stick. So, you know, here we are spending all this money. Why is, you know, why doesn't training stick and how, I guess the, the, the follow-up is how do, how would coaching change that? Okay. So what we're really talking about, it's like, we're not training someone how to make a coffee at Tim Hortons, right? Like we're, we're talking about leadership training. We're talking about training the kinds of skills, the kinds of, um, kind of key characteristics that differentiate uh, leaders from others. Okay. So if we can characterize it like that, that would be helpful. So mm-hmm. you, usually what happens when you go for training, you go to an event that's out of the environment that a person typically functions in. They're immersed in a new place in a new environment for a few days and they're expected to learn something. And the issue with a lot of training is it's focused on behaviors. It's focused on skills. Here are the behaviors we want you to learn. I just went to an HR event a few months back, and everyone, all the VPs of HR, were talking about which behaviors, the behaviors that we want to breed and develop in our company. And I thought, my goodness, they're missing the point. What is the point is that behaviors follow from belief. Behaviors follow from thought. And when we're only focused on developing behaviors, what we're really doing is teaching people certain skills that apply in very narrowly defined areas. And so what happens is that they're not transferable and they're not sustainable because if a person's thinking doesn't uh, change to accommodate this new skill, then Mm -hmm. that new skill is fleeting, doesn't last. And so in order for you to really change, in order for you to truly pick up a whole new skill set, a whole new ability set, your thinking has to change first, and then your behavior follows. So first we need to look at how you're thinking about this. And we have to line up your thinking with the goal. When your thinking is lined up with the goal, your behavior naturally changes. And when your thinking isn't lined up, You might change your behavior temporarily, but ultimately it will go back to its original place. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that regression is something that everyone, every organization and probably every individual fights at some level, right. To really make a, a, a transfer transformative change is tough behavior wise and and otherwise. Um, Interesting. Um, one more of the of the higher level topics that we touched on or wanted to touch on um, managers as coaches, right? So each every supervisor is a leader theoretically or or you know entrusted with that responsibility, whether they're really good at it or not. Um, and but you you uh, you were you talked about coaching mistakes that leaders make. So I guess you know not all leaders are coaches. How, how do they, how do the, how do you make that leap? And then how do leaders develop coaching skills if that's not something they've been exposed to? Well, I strongly encourage leaders to um, learn to coach. So A, by getting coached first and being uh, exposed to amazing coaching firsthand. So number one, get coached. And number two, there are lots of training courses available to learn how to coach. So, 
for example, every single one of my coaches was a client first. They had this extremely transformative experience. And they said, holy smokes, I'm trying to be polite. Um, Holy smokes, how do I learn to do this? And then we brought them in for training. Okay, so so I really think the, the starting point is getting coached. Having said that, what are the mistakes that leaders make when they try to coach others? I'm going to give them to you, and this is going to be a little bit of a shock. Number one is that they, the mistake they make is they empathize. And you're sitting there going, what do you mean? Aren't you supposed to be empathetic? So let's define empathy. What is empathy? Empathy is an emotional experience. It's the action of putting yourself in someone's shoes and feeling their emotional state. So it's it's an emotional experience, not just an intellectual experience of understanding where they're coming from. It's emotional. So let's just pretend you're walking by a pool and you see someone drowning. What is their emotional state, Michael? Um, Probably not very happy. Distressed. uh, Scared. Distressed. Panicked you know, fearful. Now, if I have empathy in that moment, I feel distressed, panicked, and fearful. Am I in a position to help them? No, I've just jumped into the pool and now I'm drowning right beside them. (laughs) Right? Yes. Empathy is actually detrimental in coaching. Okay. Shocking, right? It, it, so, it, it is a little it is a little surprising, yes, because listening, communication, empathy are all things that we say make a good leader. They can listen to their people, right? That that makes a good leader. I will say that listening is important, but listening and empathy are not the same thing. I will say compassion is important, but compassion and empathy are not the same thing either. And so, you know, what's useful in this situation? I see someone drowning. I need to have a heart. I need to have compassion. I need to see that this person needs help. And I also need to have confidence in my ability to help. And I have to have a vision of them being safely out of the pool. So I have to stand Mm -hmm. on the side of the pool, you know, with strong, you know, strong stance, lean in and pull them out. But I need to be strong in order to do that. The minute I get into the pool, that's it. Game is over. Right. So, so that's number one is, Leaders make the mistake of empathizing. Number two is they jump to solutions. So they see a person with a problem, and what they tend to do is they say, oh, I can see clearly now. Here's the solution. Without really exploring the beliefs that are causing the problem. Because if I just give you a solution, you're going to say, yeah, but here are all the 101 million reasons why I can't do that. It's not going to work. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So number three is they focus on behaviors. Okay. So, so rather than beliefs, so they don't get to the source of the problem. They're still skimming. Right. Or they see someone behaving in a certain way and they assume they know why that behavior is taking place rather than saying, okay, hold on a minute. It's their beliefs that's causing them to behave this way. What is the belief that's driving this behavior? So they don't go to the source of the problem. They stay on the level of behaviors. And therefore, there's a lot of miscommunication. There's a lot of friction. There's a lot of misunderstanding. And change might happen. But again, it's not sustainable. And it's not transferable. Hmm. Okay. 
And then last but not least, a huge massive mistake that leaders make is they don't collect enough information. They're not getting enough data to understand what is going on. So they see behavior and they say, oh, I, I can explain why that person's behaving that way without asking enough questions, without digging enough, without getting the story, without digging underneath the story and really understanding what's at play. They skim over that. They say, I have no time for that, but they need to make time for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm listening to that. I have no time for that. Um, I, I, I echo that, which we're going to get into in a minute. Um, <laughs> cool. So, so great. I think, so thanks for being able to give like a couple of uh, a very nice uh, checklist type uh, responses. I think those are really helpful and, and some really good stuff for our listeners to to you know, to to pick up on and and make make some some quick learning uh, stuff, which is always a key for a speaker or or a guest, right? And, and so I really appreciate that. Um, I'm going to ditch the third thing that I had posted on the on the on the show rundown, uh, which was that we're going to talk about the role of coaching in in attracting and retaining any players. I'm going to ditch that and and do what we uh, talked about earlier, which is to give you a chance to coach me up a little bit. So we have about just about five minutes left. So we maybe have four minutes for you to coach me. I don't know how much you can transform, but I gave you a little bit of, I gave you a little bit of rundown. I guess that I'll do it real fast for purposes of this. Um, my life is hectic. I have, I have a day job. I have some stuff that I like to do, you know, professionally besides the day job, like this podcast. Um, specific example with you is we tried to schedule you twice, both times we double booked you. That was all my fault because I don't take enough time to just go and do the thing. When I say I'll do it, I'll catch it later. And so the solution to get you on the show finally, which has been very worthwhile, by the way, thank you for doing it and for your patience, um, was, was to do a bonus show. Not necessarily the most planful way to run probably my thing. In addition to that, I have some personal issues related to elder care that are taking a lot of time. So I'm very time stretched. Um, and that's kind of the scenario I gave you. So coach me up. So, so the way that I will coach you on this subject is to say that uh, time stretched, like you sound like you have a time problem. You don't, you have a thinking problem. The way mm -hmm. that the best way for me to address this is by telling you a very quick story. So I, I was introduced to this, uh, this client by an existing client and the existing client said to me, I want you to coach a very dear friend of mine, but I want to make sure that you treat him with kid gloves. I said, why would I do that? Like, do I sound like the type of person who would treat anyone with kid gloves? And he said, well, he's a very important friend of mine and he has stage four cancer. Okay. So I got on the phone with him and I asked him two critical questions. The first question was, how long do you have left to live? And he said, well, I'm not sure. I'm guessing about two years. I said, okay. And by the way, that's a really hard question to ask anyone. Right. Oh, right. Second question was, how can I help you? What is it that you want to get out of coaching? And his response was, I want you to help me increase my productivity. Now, I don't know if you had two years left to live, would that be your number one goal? <laughs> I, I kind of found it a little odd. And yeah. I said, well, like, why is that important to you? He says, well, you know, if I only have two years left to live, 
I have a lot I need to get done in the next two years. I have a lot to achieve. I want to build up a certain level of wealth and leave a legacy for my family. And so I really need you to help me make most of my days and, and really increase my productivity and help me organize my time and et cetera. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't do that. But here was the next question. Well, hold on a minute. What is it that you really, really want? And he said, well, what I really, really want is I want more time. I want to run a marathon. I want to buy a house. I want to take my mother on this big vacation. I want to leave enough money for my family. I want to have dinner parties on Thursday nights. And I said, well, why don't we do that? And he kind of just paused. And I, what I discovered was that when he was running his business and he ran a financial services company, did valuations, et cetera, he was involved in every single client transaction created a bottleneck for him. Sure. And I said, well, wh- why don't we hire people? He said, well, I can't afford it. And that was a thinking problem too. He just didn't see how. He didn't understand that he had all these resources around him and he needed to access them and he needed to, to offload a lot of his work so that he could actually get onto the things that he really, really wanted. And so what ended up happening over a period of time is that he did a triathlon. He took his mother on two great vacations. He bought a house and he renovated it. He started to have dinner parties and he sold his company because it grew to a sizable level. And so one of the big questions is, what do you really, really want? That's your starting point is to say, so, okay, I've got all these moving parts, but what do I want? What's the life I want? How do I want to experience each day? How do I want to feel? And then ask yourself the question, what's actually getting in the way? And when you start to write down the list of all the things that are getting in the way, what you'll understand is the beliefs are really the driver of all those things getting in the way. And and the next task is for us to look at those beliefs and start to challenge them. So his belief is, I can't hire anyone. His belief was, I can't um, offload this work. I must touch every client. And all those beliefs were things that he was almost invented. Same thing applies to you. I hope that was helpful. Thank you. I appreciate it. We have 30 seconds. So I want you to give, I want to give you a chance to let you tell people where they can find you on LinkedIn or uh, Twitter, et cetera. So go fast. Best places, frameofmindcoaching.com. Uh, Kim Addis, A-D-E-S, on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Please come find us on our website. There's a complimentary coaching call. Try it. It'll change your life. Awesome. Thanks, Kim, for being our guest today, and glad we were finally able to get you on. Uh, I will may follow up with you and get a coaching call in. Thanks very much, and have a great afternoon. Amazing. Thank you so much. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.